0: Hello, my fellow sovereigns, and welcome back to another episode of the Crown Yourself podcast. I was recently asked by a friend of mine, a new friend here in town outside of Austin, and she was like, how are you connecting with people so quickly? Like, you know, so many people. And maybe it's the fact that I've moved multiple times, or maybe it's just the fact that I found this phenomenal group called Connect started by my friend, Chelsea Dishinger. And because of that group, I remember the first time I attended one of Chelsea's Connect meetings, which are in her home, and it was, you know, 50 people showing up. I was amazed at how many women were there. And we all got together and talked and shared vulnerably some stories, and Chelsea gave a beautiful lesson about Habits and being able to see which habits you either want to purge or which habits you either want to do a fast with. And I love the metaphor. And I was like, this queen has got some coaching skills. And then it turns out that I find out that Chelsea is a best selling author of her book, The Five Non Negotiables. She has spoken all around town, even including at places like Kind Bar. And On these five non-negotiables and how to really achieve your goals, Chelsea battled nine years of postpartum depression and came out vigilantly on the other side with a fire in her heart and a purpose igniting her soul. And when I saw her, I was like, she's going to be my friend. I wanted to be my friend. And it's literally as simple as that to make friends, kids. Like that's <laughs> it's really as simple as, as that. And I learned that in kindergarten because I was so shy and I like never would ask people to be friends. I just would like silently stalk them. And I made the decision that Chelsea and I were going to be friends. And so it is. And when I met Chelsea, I was so excited because I walked away from her group and I was crying happy tears like I do because I was like, I am home. Like, I am home, and I have found a community of women that are uplifting each other, challenging each other. Like, it wasn't the concepts that you would think of, like, the South's, like, oh, bless her heart, like, backstabby gossip sort of comments. No, these, these women were showing up vulnerable and courageous, and I do think that that is definitely a testament to Chelsea's leadership, which is why I am blessed and honored to have her on this podcast, because coming up in one and a half weeks, we have our Connect New Braunfels conference that is the first of its kind where all of the groups between San Antonio and Austin are connecting in full force to join hands and support each other as women. And that is something I am so deeply honored to be a part of, to be contributing to, to be building and and Chelsea is spearheading the way on that and I am so excited to be on board. And so I'm going to let her take it away cuz she is a firecracker of knowledge and of action and she like my favorite kind of people are the ones who don't just read and don't just, you know, consume the knowledge but they are all about creating those actionable results because you don't get results without taking action. And it wasn't soon after Chelsea and I met that she ended up starting her own coaching business. She's soon to be launching a podcast. And she is an all around amazing badass queen. And I am so excited to call her a friend and to be living close to her. (laughs) So Rather than in Texas terms where you're like, oh, you're just down the road. And they're like, four hours down the road, like she really is a a close neighbor and friend, and I am honored to have her here with us today. And with that, I give you Chelsea Dishinger. Welcome to the Crown Yourself Podcast, where together we build your empire and transform your subconscious stories about what's possible for your business, body, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm a master mindset coach, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, known to my clients as a game-changer. Each week, you get the conscious leadership strategies you need to help you reign with courage, clarity, and confidence so that you too can make the income and impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your royal invitation to step into your full potential and reign in your divine purpose. Your sovereignty starts here, and your reign is now. Chelsea, I am so excited to have you here on Crown Yourself, and I just, I want to dive in immediately into you went from postpartum and really struggling with postpartum into now building a coaching empire writing a book launching your first conference that's like like this just radical transformation how did what you experienced postpartum how did that set the the foundation for actually being able to catapult you
1: yeah well first of all thank you for having me (laughs) i'm so excited to be on your podcast i have so much respect for you and i just feel honored to be a guest, so thank you. Um, yeah, if you're okay with it, I'd love to just to talk a tiny bit about the depression. Yeah, just because I, I feel like it's not talked about enough. I mean, I know that it's getting better as time's going on. It's getting less taboo, but yeah, I went through a really severe postpartum depression, and the crazy thing was I was living my best life. Uh, my husband and I had been married for like four years. We were still in that like kind of honeymoon, amazing phase. We were pregnant with our first, and we went to the hospital so excited, so expectant. And then I literally, after Jordan was born, it was a hard delivery. I just didn't feel right. And I kind of got emotional and I was was just crying a lot. My husband's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. Something's just not right. And um, I kept crying for, I was in the hospital for a few days because she had uh, jaundice and something, a little infection we had to take care of. We got home from the hospital and I just kept crying. And you know, after about, after a few weeks, we went to the hospital, you know, you do like your check-in with the doctor after you deliver the baby, how's the baby, how's the mom? And I was like, I just don't feel right. I feel super emotional. She's like, oh, Chelsea, it's totally normal. It's called baby blues. Like a lot of moms get it, it lasts about six weeks. You're just, you know, hormones are just adjusting. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, Six weeks turned into six years of constant crying and i mean it was the i went into the hospital as one person and i walked out a changed person and i I couldn't control it i couldn't get it under control and so it took me down a very dark long journey six years may not sound like a long time but years is a long time that's half a decade that's yeah Yeah. And when you're in despair, every day feels like forever. And so, you know, the first couple years I did all the things I thought I could do to pull myself out of it. But when it really got dark was a few years in when I did every trick in the book and nothing worked. And I just finally began to lose hope. And that's where it got really bad. And um, You know, I love what you said, you know, oh, Chelsea, you're doing all these big things now. And that is it's true. Like I am finally stepping in and I'm, I'm healed and I'm stepping into that. But the last nine years of my life, all I have done is the deep internal work to get me to where I am today. So I know it can look like, oh, you're launching into, and I am, and I love that. But really i built a foundation over nine years of transforming myself from the inside out. For the last nine years, I decided I was gonna get over this and heal after six years of being down. And I have took one step forward, two steps back. It was a long, hard journey. I didn't get that miracle. I didn't snap my fingers and all of a sudden I was better. I had to do the hard work of reprogramming my mind, controlling my emotions when they were out of control. And then not only that, after six years of being this uh, depressed, you've built these ruts and these habits that are deep and they just pull you down time and time again. So it was a big journey. Uh, But yes, everything that I learned through these nine years of transforming my life is now what I do to help teach other women. It's the foundation now of what I'm doing today
0: yeah so what when you think back to like because you say do the work and I know that you and I are both very much believers in like putting things into action and getting into action and doing that work but so many people ask like what work like what is what is that work like what is that deep internal work because it's not something that's seen necessarily externally
1: yeah no that's good um Gosh, the deep work is the hard stuff that sucks. It doesn't sound very, very deep, but you know, what's so funny. We try to make things so much more complicated than they are. The truth is I had to take two negative thoughts I had that day and turn them into positive. And do that for a few days. And then I had to try to have three positive thoughts that day. Like it was that was the deep work. It wasn't, I mean, yes, I did counseling and all, I believe in all of that stuff. I love all of those things. Um, but a lot of it was I had to literally just decide, like, I need to change the way I'm thinking. So I'm going to write down the new thought. And every day I'm going to say that thought to myself, even though I don't believe it, even though it's hard. And it was, it was honestly consistently showing up for myself in the hard things that's the deep work is consistently showing up in the hard things yeah and they're simple but they're hard <laughs> they're
0: it's so hard especially when you're facing yourself because i have a, a theme that i really live by and it's like that which is unconscious that which is conscious manifests happily and that which is unconscious manifests unhappily and those things that are like deeply unconscious when they're manifesting in your external circumstances we're like oh my gosh, like I feel so angry at my kid. They're like, I feel so angry at this, this thing that's happening and recognizing like, oh my gosh, that's me. Like, how is that me? Like, how how is that what I'm projecting out into the world? How is that a reflection of the things that I need to look at within myself that I need to heal, that I need to shift? Mm-hmm. So that, that that's the magic of the mindset alchemy in a way mm-hmm. of, of doing that work. Was there any... Any question that you ask yourself regularly because I know Richard Bandler the founder of NLP and Tony Robbins has said this too that your life is determined by the quality of the questions that you ask and I found that those who have been able to successfully transform their mindset from such a dark place tend to not necessarily ask the question of like why is this happening to me because that just sends you down the rabbit hole of spiraling but Is there a question that you regularly ask yourself that allowed you to kind of pave the way to new answers?
1: Well, this may not sound super deep, but um, one, I think a question that really changed, made a shift for me was um, before I started making a change, I kept thinking like, God, do a miracle. God, heal me. God, if you made me a mom and you knew I was going to be a mom, how could you give me this? Deep, you know, depression, how could you make me struggle so much in motherhood? Like, why did you do this to me? Like all, all those kinds of things and and do a miracle is what I was asking for. And finally, all of a sudden, one day I shifted to God. What can I do to get out of this depression? And that question was powerful because it allowed me to recognize that I have responsibility. It's a partnership here. I can't just sit back and pray for a miracle what can i do and that's when it shifted from why am i going through this why do my circumstances suck how could this happen to me and being a victim to becoming a warrior in this battle against depression that was taking over my life and i said no i what can i do and that's when i said well i can change my thinking i could get a little more control over my emotions you know and and i started that long hard journey so i think that was a powerful question for me yeah Because
0: that's actually a space where you actually take ownership and are actually able to create change. Yes. And as you're moving through shifting that question, what was like the next step? So as you started to change your mindset and asking new questions and looking at how can you take that personal responsibility, like what were some of the habits that you realized that you were stuck in, those like deep depressive habits that you actually – recognized could be transformed transmuted changed
1: yeah well i learned a lot of things um surprisingly especially now that i'm out of the depression phase a lot of successful strong like type a driven women have all come to me and said i went through depression because we're perfectionists and because we have this expectation for our life. And a lot of depression is unmet expectation, causes depression, right? And so we have these expectations, these standards, and these, and then when those aren't met, we get depressed, we're like, I don't know what to do. We feel hopeless, we can't change it. And so, you know, a big change for me was just coming face-to-face with the fact that um, life isn't always gonna be the way I want it, and that's okay that I can't control everything, that I don't have to be perfect to be a good mom. That was a part of my depression. I put so much pressure on myself to be this perfect mom and have everything right and I would overwhelm myself. So oh, it's yeah. so easy to overwhelm yourself with that. Like, gosh, I know. Yes, I had unrealistic expectations for myself, for my motherhood. Um, one of the powerful things I started doing, though, was moving my body. That was one of the first things I did. There's something about moving my body and getting into the gym. And you know, it was funny because I made all these excuses why I could not move my body. I was like, oh, you know, we were, we struggled. We were very, very financially strapped when our kids were little. And so my brother was obsessed with CrossFit and he made this deal with me. He said, he has this, he has this big company that that actually prom- promotes CrossFit and stuff. So he said, I'll pay for your CrossFit membership if you will go, because I know you're going to love it. Because I used to be, I was a college athlete and I, I love sports, but I hadn't worked out in like eight years. And so I said, okay, fine. Because I, I couldn't, I didn't have money for a gym membership. So I was like, okay, I'll do this. Well, I start showing up at the gym, but I would go because of I was in a bad mental place. I would show up three days. I wouldn't come for three weeks. I would, you know, show up and half ass it. And then I would do really good. You know, and I was just this roller coaster, like everything else in my life was a roller coaster. So I would start blaming well, CrossFit's not for me. Well, I don't really like it. Like this isn't the right thing. And what's funny is I had every resource available to me. And if you really look honestly at your life how many times do you have everything you need but you're just not showing up consistently i had all these workout clothes just catching dust i had my brother paying for my membership my kids were in school so i had like a six hour time period i got any class during those six hours right like i had everything i needed but i wasn't showing up for myself And that's why that question of what can I do? And the answer is show up for yourself. It's like, but that's hard. Like, I don't want to do that. I just want to sit here and make excuses. And, you know, but but that's unfortunately, that's us so many times in life. I mean, look at us. We're we're American women. I mean, I don't know. You may have international audience, but I mean, we have almost everything we need to succeed between YouTube, our internet, the computer, our resources, but we're sitting here and we're being mediocre because we're not showing up for ourselves in the simple things. Like just go to the gym, everything else is handled, but why couldn't I do that? Right. And that was a big battle was learning to show up for myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I see the parallel to, business as well with the showing up to do the reps. And there's something about the athlete's mindset because like I'm a marathon runner, I know you did like college soccer and that athlete mindset of you show up to practice and you do your reps Mm -hmm. and you have to get your reps in in order to run and like run the marathon, you know, score the goal. You have to, you build that muscle up and it's the reps of showing up for yourself and I all like when I first started out building my business, I didn't treat sales as like getting in my reps. And I would make excuses and I'd do pretty canva images and I would like build a logo and I was like, I was doing all of these things, but I would make excuses for not actually doing the reps and sales. And it wasn't until I shifted my mindset around like because I could be in the victim blaming space I was for a year and a half before I found out I was pregnant with my son. and that I was like not putting out offers on a daily basis. And then when I realized, oh, I just need to put in my reps on a daily basis, connect with people, and that I wasn't tapping into my resources, like of the community that I had in order to generate new leads and clients and business. And then once I looked at the resources, like you are so right. Like sometimes we are so... We allow ourselves this ignorance because of our excuses to think that we don't have what it is what we need. Well, it's and I love what uh, Dan Sullivan says, who's the founder of Strategic Coach. He says, it's not how it's who it's like, who do you know? It's like your brother giving gifting you the CrossFit and like just being able to look at, oh, who do I know in in business who could refer me, who could connect me to my ideal clients like that shift in the game was a game changer. And so looking at how do you tap deeper in to the resources that you already have? Because that's where the scarcity mindset really comes into play.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And that's, you're right. It's showing up for yourself. And in business, I see this all the time with entrepreneurs because it's, we're, you know, we're our own boss, right? So we can look at our list for the day and we can say, oh, these are the easy things. These are the things I'm good at. These are the things I like. But are we really showing up for ourselves? Or are we just, you know, putting in our time, busy work for the day? And then we can say, oh, I worked, I showed up today. Are you, you, you need to really ask yourself, am I showing up well for myself? And when it comes to resources, what I have learned in life is you have to start with what you have. If you want more, you got to start with what you have. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, we will sit back and just, well, someday when this comes or when I have this money, I mean, you know, I'm just getting started and I don't have a million resources. So what will I do? I will go online and I will get every single Thing I can get in my price range and I will learn it. And then I will guess what I'll do. I will go apply it. And then by applying that, I will make the money I need to level up to the next coach or the next opportunity. We got to stop sitting here just waiting, you know, oh well, one day, no, today is the day. Today is the freaking day. Show up for yourself, use what's in your hand. And once you do more will come.
0: And I love that because that's, I remember you telling me that you had the desire to start the con to like do the conference and then you're like I'm doing it and I was like okay let's go like let's do this and that that tenacity that comes from the decision and how did because you mentioned that with postpartum you had to decide to think those new thoughts did your athletic background prepare you to make stronger bolder decisions like more embodied because that's just kind of you know when you're on the field in soccer i mean i played it briefly when i was six years old um but like when you're on the field like you have a split second to make a decision to know who you're kicking the ball to do you see any correlation to how your athletic mindset of like what you trained to do has, has showed up for you and how you show up for yourself
1: Yes, I am actually really grateful for that mentality. it was it was a love hate. It kind of put me in a little bit of a perfectionism because, you know, um, you have to be the best and you have to train, train train. But at the same time, it really did. I spent years showing up for myself. i mean, when i was when I was, 12 years old, I would get up before school and go train in the backyard every day. Like i learned, like, you show up for yourself. You got to be the best. You got to work harder than everyone else. So that did help me to kind of go. It was instead of trying to completely build all new habits, some of it was just going back to who I used to be, which is a lot easier than paving a new path. But yeah, it was definitely a journey. And, And I do want to emphasize that it was not an overnight thing. This was literally grueling one step forward, two steps back. But the more I showed up for myself, the easier it got. I know you guys know about habit stacking and all of the things, but literally, I know I'm speaking practical today, but here's the deal some of us aren't doing the practical things right. We wanna go do the big things or the deep things or the, and I'm all into all those things and I love that. And I'm definitely going deeper into the deeper things now, but we gotta get these fundamentals down, you know? And so showing up for yourself every day in the little things that matter, showing up and not sitting there and saying, what's my to-do list, but sitting there saying, what is gonna move the needle for my business today? Whether I like it or not, whether it's hard or not. And that's why I start every single day off with my mindset, without fail. I do not start my work day until I have put myself in a good mental state where I am prepared to tackle the things that are going to move the needle for my business. And that is a habit that I've had for years now. Um, i actually have a, I wish I had it to show you right now. I have a piece of paper and it's, it's the title is mindset. And then I have each topic for my life. So I have my mindset for my marriage, my mindset for my motherhood, my mindset for my business. And every day I read that this is how I'm going to think about my marriage. This is how I'm going to show up my husband. This is why I'm in this marriage. This is, you know, and I, and every single day, and I know that may sound over the top. Well, when I say every day, Monday through Friday, usually. (laughs) Um, but when you do that, you're constantly pulling yourself back to the most powerful thing, which is why am I doing what I'm doing? And who am I? And when your business flows out of that, you're willing to show up for the important work that sucks because you know, oh, there's people on the other side. Like, why are we doing this podcast today? We're not doing this just to, I mean, I love hanging out with you, but we're doing this because there are people that we hope that are gonna hear this and that their lives are gonna be changed, that their businesses are gonna grow, that they're gonna expand their capacity. That's why we're here. When you approach every day with a sense and an and a passion for why you're showing up for your business, you your whole day is different. even from from the w- things you take your time to do to the conversations you have on the phone, everything shifts. And that is, A powerful thing that I learned, um, it's actually one of the biggest things I teach is about your why, um, because that is the motivation that is beyond just yourself. It's bigger than you. And that was part of what helped me to recover is I actually began working with um, human trafficking. And I would look at these women and I would go oh my gosh, like if they can overcome, I can overcome. And I started this little jewelry business and it was really good because it gave me something to do. It gave me some purpose, but every day I would show up and go, I'm not to show up for this business because if I make this much money, I can give to this shelter. Or we're trying to build this safe home and they need this much money. And it gave me a purpose bigger than me. And I think that if you're feeling really stale in your business or you're just kind of feeling stalled out or you're just kind of overwhelmed, Really taking time to go back and saying, "Why did I start this? And who are the people whose lives are being changed because of it?" And if you can just refresh and renew your mind and your heart and your spirit back to your why and your purpose, it really helps to make those hard daily decisions that you have to do day in and day out a lot easier because you're, you know, you remember why you're doing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: and and then when you when you compound it to enrolling whether it's your family or your team into that why i mean i remember when i told my team i said we are going for our first 15 initiative where our goal is to use 15 percent of our profits to save 15 women from human trafficking and i know it's about 3500 dollars per woman to save from human trafficking so like i'm like i know that that with that goal i i need to show up because i have 15 15 children and that, that for me, like women, yes. And, but children for me, like that is my heartstrings. That is everything. And to know that there are thir- 15 children out there who I, I have the power to save. If I just get up and show up and do the work, like I can put my ego aside of the fears of rejection and the, the, you know, the, the crummy, you know, comments or something that I make up. I can put my ego
1: aside for that because that's not what's important. Mm-hmm. What's important is those 15 kids. Yes. I love that. I love that. And I kind of feel like, you know, if, if you are listening and you are feeling a little stale, do this work, do this internal, this is deep work of why am I doing it? And I'm sure that, um, you've done deep why, you know, training before and you get, you get to that level where you just, you realize like, it's not even should I, or I have to, it's, I have to show up. I have to do this. Like people are dependent on it. Like this is who I was meant to be. This day is about me being fully myself and I've got to show up for this. And it just shifts. This one little perspective shift changes everything. A lot of the struggles that we struggle with that are so hard, like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to focus on this part of my business today or whatever, literally is obliterated. The minute that you really begin your day with your why and your passion. And that is why I do that. I, I must set my intention and set my mindset every single day, or I'm going to waste half the day. I really am. Unfortunately, that's the
0: truth for me. Same here. I mean, it's, it's that constant practice. I mean, I remember, I think it was Zig Ziglar who said, like, somebody asked him, like, why do you need motivation every day? Why do you need to connect with your why? And he's like, well, why do you need to shower every day? Because, like, you get dirty. Like, and things happen. Life happens. But it's that constant depth of connection. and and I, I think something that's that's really poignant, though, is because there's there's a lot of activities out there that are, you know, let me state my purpose, and let me just write it down fifteen times. and but if it's not like when you state your purpose, Chelsea, and this is what I just love about you is you have this fervor and this intensity and this this power that comes through you. It's not even like, it's not even earthly. I mean, even like for me, just speaking, speaking of our first 15 initiative and just the power of like seeing those kids, like it pulls something, it pulls emotion out of me. And if your purpose like is not leaning into that emotion, then it's just surface words. So, but how do you get to that point where that purpose drives such a deep stake in your ego so that the, all of the fears, all of the doubts go by the wayside, because those are no longer important because your purpose is what's driving
1: you, yeah, ok. Are you ready for this? Let's go for it. let's let's do it. Do it every day. <laughs> I know. It doesn't sound special. But how did I develop a why with such passion and such depth? You know what I did is I reprogrammed my mind to have powerful neural networks that are connected with my why. So what did I do? I started out with why my why was basic. Yeah, sure. When you start with your why, you're not gonna wake up and just feel all the roses and petals. And this is what happens people quit. Because they they don't get what they want immediately. This is what I'm talking about. Showing up consistently. I know that sucks, but here's how it works. I literally wrote my why and the beginning was okay and I didn't really know it. And as I started reading my why every day, then when I started reading my why every day, you know what happened? I'd be scrolling on my phone all of a sudden, I'd see like how to get a deeper why. Like, you know how it's just crazy how things start, you know, like that you never saw before. It's like you buy a new car and all you see is that car, right? So all of a sudden I'm seeing all these things about why. So then I'm reading articles I'm reading, and then I learned about this exercise of how to go seven layers deep with your why. So then I did, you know, you ask yourself, you know, why am I doing this business? And you have your first answer. Well, usually your first answer is very surface. That's all I had at the beginning. So then I went down deeper, then I went deeper, and I just went down deep, deep, deep until I got to a really powerful why. But then the power wasn't just the fact that my why was powerful. It's the fact that your brain assigns the most Priority to the most emotional things you think about. So, the more emotion that you have, the higher your brain prioritizes that thought. So, I began to, as I did it day after day and I put emotion into it and it got deeper, it got more emotional. The brain literally began to create these neural networks that were powerful and strong and full of emotion and full of passion. And I've done this every day for years. And so, and it's evolved over time. That is how you create a powerful why. You wake up every day and say, Day. I am living this day on purpose for a purpose. This day matters. I'm all in. This is why I'm showing up. And you do it every single day. That is for at least for me. I've never had some magic thing where I just that's the I've thing. I've never had the magic thing, nor have I ever
0: seen that magic thing. I've never known anyone to have it. Like it's it's so social media is such an illusion yeah. that allows us to think like, oh, they just woke up one day and had like manifested everything. I'm like, you don't know how hard. Like the past seven years that you didn't see
1: behind the scenes. Now yes, that's you- like, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say because you have to create in your mind before you create in person. But what happens is creating in your mind can feel boring. It can be hard to get the distractions down. It can be hard to discipline your mind. It can be hard to show up every day creating in your mind when you don't see it manifesting in person. But the people who get the dreams and desires of their heart, the people who have a business that stays purposeful a decade later and don't burn out, are the people who take the time to do the mental work and show up for themselves consistently. That's, that's just, you can't get away from that. I'm sorry. That's how it works. You know, when you say like, oh, you know, and I've had a lot of people say, oh, Chelsea, I can't believe all these big things you're doing in the past year. And I'm like, you didn't see nine years of overcoming day after day after day. Why can I help you? Why is there authority and power in my words when I speak them? Because I, they aren't words anymore. They're who I am. They're what I breathe every day. They're just, they come out as a piece of me because I've done the work and we want to be overcomplicated. We want to overcomplicate it so that when we have excuses that we have to have all these special degrees or talents or, you know, no, honestly, most of life is showing up for yourself and the hard things, you know? And I think like take me back to when nine years ago
0: like or when you weren't clear on what your purpose is like I don't think you were thinking of a a giant conference or you know a book or uh you know a coaching business so where was your purpose then and how did it evolve into what it looks like now
1: what changed did it just deepen yeah well I think I mean, I always, well, I wanted to be an author since I was 10. I, believe. I used to write, I used to sign, you know, in my journal, I'd sign like Chelsea and then Underworth, I'd put author, you know, how people put like CEO or whatever, any other name. And I think that part of my depression was when I got depressed, when I had kids and I got depressed and I felt like my life was over and I was never going to reach my goals. I was never going to be anybody. And, and, and I just, I got into this really victim uh, mindset And so I think a big, um, really my first reason was my kids. The only reason I didn't actually kill myself was my children. I was very suicidal many times throughout the process and it was my kids. It was because I love my kids and I didn't want to leave them. Um, although I felt like they were better to have with a different mom. I genuinely thought like, it won't even matter if I kill myself because I'm a horrible mom anyways. And Like, Michael could find someone so much better. And so I was in a really bad place. I think, though, that my kids kept me from killing myself. Then I think um, doing the human trafficking stuff was a gift to me. I thought I was helping saving them, but they saved me because I didn't have the discipline to actually run a business. And I would say it's probably more of, like, a hobby than a business. It wasn't, like, some big business, but I started showing up for things and creating and being creative with designs and just slowly blossoming a few of those gifts that have just kind of died inside of me because I was passionate about helping these women and uh, so that was very helpful finding something bigger than me and a purpose greater than me Uh, that was the beginning stages I think the blooming slowly but (laughs) but surely I think like
0: as that was pulling out of you as that there's a great book that I just read. It was from like the 1960s called Seed Money. And it's like when you don't know where to start, you start planting seeds. And then you you till that, you prepare that soil. And that is what starts to blossom. And so the the, the seed of giving, how has generosity played a role in your path to healing?
1: Yeah. Well, a big thing that unexpectedly is, you know, just kind of fast forwarding to this season was I moved to, I moved here to New Braunfels and I didn't know anybody. And that was a big move for me. And it was hard for me because I, my family, I lived near my family and all the things. And I felt like God was saying, I want you to um, take everything that you've, that you've learned over these years. And I want you to love women in your city with this. So I want you to open up your house and I want you to pay for breakfast, pay for a babysitter, and do all the work to get the house ready and invite women in and complete strangers. And I just want you to love on them. And you know that saying, like if you wanna make a friend, be a friend, this really rang true to me because I didn't have friends. And you know, at, at our age, it's hard. There, I can't be room mom anymore. My kids are 13 and 15 now, so I can't be the room mom. It's the campuses are so locked. I can't even go on campus and meet the other moms. And it's just hard to make friends. And I felt like I'm in this new city. I don't know anybody. How am I gonna do this? Well, I opened up my door. And just began to plant seeds into women and love them. And next thing you know, this group just grew and grew and grew and grew till now we have over 2,000 women. And it's just been an amazing, uh, I learned the value of loving. I mean, these women would show up at my house and I would feed them, love them. I would teach like a short little 15 minute thing. And then we break up in small groups and talk. And then I would take them out for coffee. And i'd listen to their stories and i'd make sure they were seen and heard and loved and i just invested and poured into every woman that came through my door now there's too many to do all of with everyone but i do the best that i can and in return i have so many incredible friends who never would have been in my life if i hadn't been willing to plant seeds and i do think sometimes as entrepreneurs We make it all about us. And I I don't mean that because uh, we're selfish, horrible, rude, mean people. You know what we are? We are ambitious. We have a goal and we are overworked and we're stressed out. And so it's all about us just surviving, us just building, us just And I mean, it's like blocks, these like laser beam
0: focus on a goal. And and suddenly like friendships kind of goes up in the rafters.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's easy to do. And it's not because we're bad people. It's not because, you know, there's nothing we're not, I wouldn't say we're selfish, but sometimes we get that way as entrepreneurs because we're obviously ambitious and we've got a vision. And sometimes um, I love what you, I love that you asked this question because it's so important. Sometimes we need to plant seeds into others. And again, your business can be a way you plant seeds into others if you approach the day remembering why and who it is you're reaching and not getting caught up in the in the weeds of the work and forgetting the end results of the people you're impacting, you know, that allows you to plant seeds and take your business to a level. I mean, you think about it, dry cleaners down the street, like they're just going to wash your clothes and give it back to you. But what about the dry cleaner? Who's like, I'm here to make you look fantastic for your interview. I am here to give you the best looking clothes for your work day. You know, like there's just your, you would approach the day completely different. You know, it's a complete
0: energy is Everything, like it is, an it is the energy and the intention that you're bringing into it. And I love what you said about pouring that into your business and having your business also be the seed of generosity. Doesn't mean you let down your boundaries. Doesn't mean you don't charge for your services and know where your line is drawn as to what you give away for free and what is paid. It does mean, though, that with those that you do serve, whether they're just in your community as free members or whether they are in your your Their clients and customers, you serve them with the biggest heart and the best of your ability, and you pour that energy into them, and then and then from there meet the standard of what they expect, and then maybe go a little above and beyond, but not not obviously queenly holding your boundaries as well of like where where the line is drawn and understanding and being able to hold the space for the conversations, those challenging conversations that may come up. But when does generosity go overboard, if ever?
1: well, you know me, this is a, this is a bad question for me because I'm just going to be fully transparent because that's just the way I am. I definitely can get into the overgiving. So um, I am totally not an expert at this. But yeah, I do. I do think that I'm just going to be honest. It's something that I'm really learning a lot about right now. And actually, Kimberly, you're teaching me a lot about it. And I appreciate that because you're constantly challenging me to charge what you're worth and to Um, show up well. And um, I am trying to because I now I have, we were just talking before we even went live on here. I get 50, 80 messages a day from women because my group is growing and I'm doing all these different things, you know, hey, I need this, I need that. And I'm starting to get to a place where I can't respond and answer to everybody. And I've got to try to set up systems. And I think that is important because if you burn yourself out, if you aren't running your business from like within, if it's not an overflow of who you are, then it gets stale, dry, it bleeds over into your marriage, it bleeds over into your parenting, it bleeds over into your sleep at night, and it just begins to become toxic. So I do think it's important. I love what you said about, say that again about your, your business being the seed of of giving, right? Like the purpose yeah. of the seed of giving whatever you said i loved it and that's true i think a lot of your giving can be through your intention of serving your customers well it doesn't always have to mean giving everything away it can mean over delivering for the clients who are paying for you and serving them well not always giving something away for free (laughs) i think that that, that's a huge differentiator because also um
0: when you see that giving something away for free i always use the metaphor of like you ever go to a conference speaking of conferences um and you get that free goodie bag and like, do you put that goodie bag on your nightstand and you like look at it every night and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for this goodie bag. Like, oh my, like I cherish this goodie bag. This goodie bag is going to be passed down to my children. No, like half of the stuff you throw away in the trash, maybe you use a candle, maybe you use a little thing, but it's not necessarily deeply valued because you got it for free. Now, there can be those moments where you get something for free and you're like, this is the most value I've ever had in something that was free. Like, this is amazing. Of course, I want to go above and beyond. Of course, I want to like lean into what the next thing is. But if you're giving away those things that are, especially when it's in regards to your time for free, always, you're it's you're going to be depleted because there's a reciprocity of giving that happens. And there's also the practice that I've, I've had to learn my self of the practice of receiving receiving the money receive being able to receive and being also to able to know that if that person is not paying for their services like which they they may need to do in or, like i'm doing them a disservice actually if they're not paying
1: mm-hmm. yes especially in the coaching space yes it's not it's, you know if people don't invest then they're not going to be invested in showing up, in showing up at the meeting, showing up well. If they're like, "Man, I paid for this, I got to be all in," and you know you have important work to do with them, and they need to show up intentional and ready to receive, and they're less likely if they haven't paid for it. Uh, so I do, I do think that it is important. Uh, like you said, you know you can give, but if you're going to give anything, you know you always give your best to the people who are paying. You can over deliver and, and and give them incredible value and get paid for that. Yeah, you know, And as you're giving, you know, something I've realized is, you know, um, doing my my connect meetings that we do in our group, that's that's great. But it takes a lot of extra work. I have to go collect chairs from neighbors. I don't even have enough chairs anymore. So I have to go borrow chairs from neighbors and go collect it from there every week and then go return them. I have to clean my house. I got to call and make sure the babysitter can show up. I've got to go to the grocery store and get the food. I've got to plan what we're going to talk about. I got to write out the questions, which is great. I, I'm happy to do all that. But that takes time from my work, right? And so what was nice is being able to start coaching and charging for coaching. I'd now hired a housekeeper. So I'm not cleaning my house the day before. The housekeeper's cleaning the house before. Mm -hmm. That gives me a lot more time to give to my Connect group, which is free that I pour into, because my coaching business is paying for a service that I need to give me more time to give. So there is importance that you are having that balance. You want to continue to give. You also have to continue to receive. There's there's a finite amount that you can give in time and energy. So yeah. you know it, I'm actually able to give better because I'm charging for my coaching than before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that. Like, I love that you brought up that example because that's that. And then not only that, you are supporting another woman in another way by paying for her or him to clean your house. Like, to by paying for the housekeeper, like that is supporting them. I mean, when I started hiring team, and I realized like my team, like one of my my ops manager Marie, she's so amazing. She has four kids. Like my this my job it it changes the game for how you show up for people when you when you accept that responsibility and that's why when um when I work with a lot of entrepreneurs when they're in the solopreneur stage and I I was the same like I was this way like when I first started my my coaching business because I like was had come from an e-commerce company and I was like all you know I was it was president before and now I was like I'm CEO and I remember I had a Pilates client cuz I was doing dread doing both at the same time and I showed him my new business card and they said CEO on. and he goes CEO of what? And I was like dagger to the heart like my I suddenly like I felt like such a fraud and I was like you're right cuz I had no employees I had nobody that was relying on me I didn't even have any customers at the time like I just had a business card like I didn't have a business and the ability to just recognize like Oh my gosh, that was such a humbling moment. And I'm so grateful for him because recognizing that that gift of your business, that by it bringing in income, that you're able to bless other people another way. And that's the cycle of, of generosity and reciprocity that gets like, it constantly
1: increases. Yes. And when you stay in your genius zone, you're able to expand your business you're able to hire more people and you're able to bless more people you know but when we get overworked and overwhelmed and overstressed that's why you've got to really spend do that mind work in the morning because you've got to stay true to who you are you've got to stay true to the purpose of your business and why you're doing it and that's where you soar that's when the magic begins to happen you know, and so it's important. You gotta charge what you're worth so that you can have the time, energy to stay in the genius zone. And that's hard. It's hard to be disciplined to stay in that genius zone. It's so easy to get distracted by all the other things that we think we don't so have any shiny objects. Yes, there there's so many. And it's it's annoying how many there are. Um, but that's a discipline that you have to learn as an entrepreneur is I am not going here. Like I'm staying in my comfort. In not my comfort zone i was saying, of course i'm not saying my comfort zone i'm staying in my genius zone i'm staying I'm, I'm my mind will stay set on this today my purpose will drive me being intentional uh, that takes energy and i just want to say that because like right now um i struggle with uh during this season i struggle Really, really severely with my allergies. Uh, it's it can be super debilitating. I've had three sinus surgeries. It's just it it can it can really wreak, wreak havoc on me. And I notice that it's so much harder for me to stay intentional when I have foggy brain. My eyes are watering. I have a headache. It takes energy to be intentional, and that is why you can't do all the things all the time, or you completely lose sight of that intention. You have to reserve energy in your day for intention, for purpose. You have to take time to re-energize yourself. These are disciplines that you can go, your talent can take you so so far, but without these disciplines, you are gonna burn out, you're gonna get overwhelmed, you're gonna lose sight. You cannot afford to lose sight of your purpose. You cannot steal all your energy on lesser things and not give it to the most important. You have to prioritize and you have to be disciplined to consistently show up in these things Or you're gonna make it so far and then you're gonna wonder why other people went to the top and you burned out. It's this is truth here. I mean, and I see entrepreneurs do it all the time. They get you get all excited. It's so easy to stay focused on the why and the intention at the beginning. But then two years in when all the works come and they just we we do that. It's we do that in all areas of life. It's so easy to make everything. Think about your health, okay? Your health is the most important thing right? almost in your entire life. Because the truth is, unfortunately, without a healthy body and mind, you cannot be good for anybody. In fact, health is above my family and my priorities. And I know that sounds really really bad, but originally it was, you know, like what everyone tells you in church, like God, family, but over the years of constantly doing this work, I realized, wait a minute, like when I would go through my allergy seasons and I was like, I can't even show up for y'all. And then I realized, no. During this season, guess what? I gotta be on point with my food because my digestive system is a huge part of my allergies. I gotta be on point with my sleep, right? I have to prioritize. But how easy is it it for us as an entrepreneur to go through our day and go, Well, I've got these meetings, i got this, I got that, I, I don't have time to meal prep. I don't have time to eat healthy, whatever. And we do that day after day after day, and then we end up eventually paying for it in doctors and we're taking all this time off of work because we're we're sick. We do that with our intention. Because what happens is we forget what is most important when it comes to our business. Everything is pulling at us. Everything is yelling at us. And real entrepreneurs who succeed in the long term know how to discern what is important from what is not. And they know how to keep their eye on the why. Why am I doing it? what am I here? What is my intention? What is my purpose? And my purpose is people. Everything I do is for people. And if I can just keep my eyes on these women who need their lives changed, it, it burns in me to change their lives. And and you must do this. If you want to, I'm just saying, if you want to make it for the long haul, this is a discipline you must have. There's just, it's non-negotiable. It's the truth. The, um,
0: I wish more entrepreneurs were athletes (laughs) because like truly because athletes learn discipline. Like I wasn't always a marathon runner. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't run a mile to save my life. I was an exercise induced asthmatic when I was 18 years old. Um, And I retrained my body to be able to run now six, going to be seven marathons in February. But the, um, I started out in dance. And dance is as much an athletic sport and, and you have, have soccer and, and there is a discipline that is cultivated from a, when you start cultivating and like you said, with what you were doing of going out in the backyard and practicing, you know, soccer and, and doing the reps of the discipline. And I think discipline has been lost in many ways. And that's why most people don't get to their goals is because they, they, lose the because the dis, the muscle of discipline has not been strengthened. Mm-hmm. So how do you strengthen the muscle of discipline if you weren't an athlete when you were younger? If you're not used to get like going in and going to the backyard and doing that extra mile and constantly doing the practices. I mean, LeBron James, there's a reason why he's so amazing at basketball. He was out there throwing free throws constantly every night beyond anybody else so how do you cultivate that now if you didn't have that early on
1: well i think that one thing is you need to recognize discipline for what it is without it you will never succeed therefore where does it go on your priority list really high up there so those of you who are going to go out there and say oh i need to start you know sending weekly emails to my clients i'm going to go take a a course on emails and guess what you're going to go take that course and guess what you're not gonna send out emails consistently. You're gonna get excited, you're gonna send out your first email, your second email, and then by then then you're gonna get bored and move on and you're not gonna have the discipline. You just wasted all this time and money trying to do this email thing. Well, you know what you need to do? You need to stop right now and you need to figure out how to get disciplined. Whether that's, that's what I do. I coach people in showing up for themselves. That is what you do. Get a coach, get an accountability partner, prioritize it make it the first thing you think about and the last thing you think about every day make a checklist for yourself you have to understand that without discipline without consistency in the things that matter for your business you're never going to reach your potential it's that important so if you want to if you want to become succe- more successful ask yourself am i disciplined in the things that move the needle for my business am i disciplined in in my passion and my purpose and if you're not stop adding more stuff that you're not going to show up for and get discipline as a priority. Learn to show up well. And I mean, discipline is the path to success in, in, in many ways. It, it'll it lead you, as you are disciplined and showing up, it'll lead you to that person you needed to meet, that coffee date that was a game changer for your business. It's showing up consistently. I know I keep saying the same thing, keep consistently saying this <laughs> But it should like it, what a demonstration to the power of consistency and repetition, yeah,
0: like even if you are saying the same thing, it's by saying it in a different way and saying it, how you're saying it, it's actually demonstrating the principle of which you preach mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by yeah. preaching the principle because <laughs> consistently and and in that space, I gotta ask, how did you discipline yourself to write a book?
1: oh that's a hard one because book writing is hard because i didn't have a publisher so i didn't have like oh you need this by a certain date this was totally all me and i'll tell you what when i first started i thought i'm never gonna i'm never going to have the discipline to finish this book that was uh, that was a belief system that i literally had it took me three years I would say probably three years in total because I would touch it and walk away like everything else this is what I did I'd get it on a little kick and I'd go and then I would drop it and um, becoming consistent at the gym finally was a game changer for me that's when I kind of had a breakthrough that helped me Um, and then also something about starting my day and exercising also kind of set my day up well Uh, so that was what I did is I got a hold of my first minutes of the morning and then I got a hold of that hour of the gym. And then I got a hold of, as soon as I get back from the gym, I'm going to do a little bit of Bible study, mindset, meditation work, right? And so then I said my first couple hours of the morning, I had a hold of. And then I just kind of started building. It all builds on itself. Um, But then again, with the book, it was thinking about the people whose lives it could change. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I got an email from a girl. She lost a hundred pounds from reading my book it was that lady that I'm thinking about that I didn't know, thinking, could this help somebody? Could this change somebody's life? Could this be what somebody else needs? And so that I think is probably what gave me the motivation. Um, I got into a routine of I set an alarm on my phone, where it's like every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, there's a two hour time block. And then what I do is I would leave and go to a coffee shop down the street, get out of my house where I couldn't get distractions. You learn some of these basic things. Here's the deal, when you set your mind to doing something and you make it a non-negotiable in your life, you get really creative. Because life doesn't let you do something every, you know, every day, every Monday from nine to two, nine to eleven. I'm gonna write my book. Um, well, guess what happens? Monday my kids get sick. Or Monday, you know, like your Mondays all of a sudden the Mondays that were fine before get thrown off of a schedule. So then I had to become creative. Okay, well I'm gonna get so then it became instead of always from nine to eleven, it became, well, I'm I'm nine to eleven is my time. But if nine to eleven doesn't work, then I will do it from this time to this time. And I started making all these backup plans and that's a huge key factor is sometimes we set a goal for our business. And then what happens is we become all or nothing. Oh, well, it didn't work out at that time today. So I'll just do it another day. And we don't do it. But we have to become really non-negotiable in it where we say, you know what, there's 15 ways I could get this done today. Not just one way. So if the first way doesn't work, I'm going to do this or that and be creative. And still, um, so I had to be very creative in finding time uh because it seemed like every time I would get derailed, whatever I had planned. Uh this was good for me. The book writing I think was kind of it was one of the last things I did. My book hasn't even been out a year yet. So um this was kind of one of the last final crowning achievements of like getting my life together was like if you can write a book <laughs> consistently, you can actually show up for yourself. At least for me. Um I mean, I'm not perfect or anything, but I mean, I have learned (laughs) a lot. That was one of the last things I've done that really made me realize, okay, I can be consistent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause it it does. It takes, it takes an, an amazing amount of effort, but also just a commitment to a period of time of like saying, this is what, cause so often we, we have these the the word writing like I just I get really nerdy about words and like I'm writing my book I'm building my business well these are all verbs that are like action verbs that like lead on in perpetuity like they're all aims all the aims they kind of just like lead on and so you can always be writing your book you can always be building your business but at what point what is the done for you what does it done look like and when is especially for perfectionists like how did you get to the point where as a recovering perfectionist, you were like, the book is done. It's as the best it can be. And I'm sure, like, have you gone back and looked at it and were like, oh, that could probably, I could probably have said that better or that, like, that could have been better. But you knew at the time, like, that was the best. Like, when was that moment for you that done was the done?
1: Yes. Okay. Well, a couple of things. One, it was very scary to um, release it into the world because I know it's like, First of all, I didn't have, like I said, I didn't have this you know big you know company behind me. I hired an editor who had written books, and she's a professor. But you know, again, so I was, I had to overcome. Like you have to be willing to suck. (laughs) <laughs> in order to get good. And that's hard for us. But sometimes as entrepreneurs, like we won't tackle something in our business or we won't be brave enough to go out there because like, but I'm not good at it yet. Well, you can't become a good writer until you sit down every day and write. And so I just said like this, I did my very best. And I knew, I know I'm gonna look back in 10 years, and be like, oh my God, Chelsea, seriously? You know, like I'm so much better, but that's okay. So, overcoming that fear of what other people are going to think are people going to like my book? Are they going to hate it? I mean, there's a lot of fear in that, but you know what? I'm not going to let fear hold me back. I'm sorry. If you don't like it, that's fine. But there are so many people whose lives have been changed from this book. And also, I've been changed by showing up for myself and reaching that dream I've had since I was 10 of being an author. I can say, I did it. I showed up for myself. It was hard. It was frustrating, but I did it. Um, but also, I'll just be totally honest with you guys. Okay, so when it came to the editing part, <laughs> so I released my book into the world. And again, like it was hard and scary and all the things. But then I find out that I get this uh, email from somebody like, "Hey Chelsea, just want to let you know that um, I know you worked really hard on this book, but there's this part in the book, and and you write about um, farting." I <laughs> mean. <laughs> So And I do. So I talk about um, how I was talking about, I have a whole one of, it's called the five non-negotiables and it's about not negotiating these areas. And one of the areas is health, right? So I'm talking about how I used to have this addiction to sugar and I eat all this ice cream. And then when I would eat an entire quart of ice cream, I would end up with gas, right? And so I was like, it was like a flagellation fest, you know? And my husband would like run out of the room or I don't know, I said something like that. Well, flagellation is not the same as flagellants. Okay. Flagellants means farting. Flagellation, which I wrote, is like SM sex stuff. <laughs> so apparently, I wrote about SM sex stuff in my book and totally thought I was talking about farting. And hundreds of people have this <laughs> copy before we changed it. And um, you know what? But I don't care. I don't yeah. care, you know? So yes, um, sometimes we're going to do embarrassing mistakes when we try to go out there, but it's okay. Sometimes we'll just have a little bit of flagulence. <laughs> well, I just
0: listen whatever. I don't know. Oh my goodness. Chelsea, I have loved our conversation, as I love all our conversations. <laughs> well, are you ready to dive into a little bit of rapid fire? Yes, rapid fire it is. Who is your favorite female character in a book or a movie and why? Um,
1: I have a male character. Oh, male character. That's fine. Can I so I really love um, William Wilberforce. And oh, what is the movie? Uh, it is he frees the slaves. He he wanted to be a pastor. And then God told him, no, I want you to be a politician. And I want you to end slavery. And for 20 years, he went every every year to the Senate and whatever they have in England, they're they're political people and tried to fight and he finally um, freed the slaves. And I just, I don't know. I just love, I love his story. I love I went to England and saw his, went to his gravesite. I just, I'm inspired by him. He showed up every day and fought a fight that he had no chance of winning. And it's a beautiful story.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that. I want to know what movie that is. We will find the movie and we will list it in the show notes um what woman would you want to trade places with alive or at any other point in history um just for a day to be in her body live in her mind and experience the world as she did
1: oh goodness gracious um the queen of England. i it would be awesome just to see (laughs) What the the leadership like how does she run you know run all this stuff in the country and i think that'd be kind of fun i mean she's passed but I think that would be amazing. Yeah. What is your
0: morning routine to set you up for an epic day?
1: Starts with movement, getting my butt in the gym. Then I do, we kind of talked about this. I have mindset work that I do every single day, which includes um, Bible study, prayer. And then I read out my whys and my purpose. And I have this whole thing I read every day. Um, and then I usually start my work day after a healthy breakfast. That's like a good morning for me.
0: What is your evening routine? that sets you up for the morning
1: usually i check out my schedule the day before i make sure i know what i need to get um done and honestly just quality time with my family i really love we try to spend time with them until the minute they go to bed because i work a lot during the day and they don't get out of school till so late i mean there's like a few hours in the evening and then it's bedtime so family time because it refuels my soul What do you do during family time? Do you do like games or just hang out and chat? So my kids love playing cards. I know that sounds weird. But we will play cards at dinner, like a few nights a week. So we try to have dinner together if we can. I have a daughter who's super involved in after school activities. So that makes it really hard. Um, but if not, then as soon as I get home with Reese and all of her activities, we just spend time together, play games, we'll sit on the couch. Um, we Last night, we watched the presidential debates together. We watched like a replay of it. <laughs> and we talk about all the things. Just being together uh, really yeah, sometimes we'll go for a walk, we'll take the golf cart out, go drive around the neighborhood, you know, whatever it is. We just don't really have a big thing we're trying to accomplish other than just being together and talking about our days. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that. Family time is is the best. I love, I love being able to just have dinner time around. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the things that I found that I just absolutely love being here in Texas is that so many people really, truly, deeply value that family time I I saw the same thing in in Australia as well of just like they work to they work to live not live to work and it's it's a big difference what do you define as your kingdom or queendom
1: oh gosh um well myself I guess like I I take full responsibility for myself. I take full responsibility for who I'm called to be. I was created for a purpose. And I will say, you know, three months ago, um, I have my biological dad passed away. And he was a druggie. And every day since I was like eight years old, literally, I had prayed and prayed and prayed for him to get off of drugs and find his purpose and find his life. And he never did and i think that was part of my biggest part of my grieving was grieving like an unanswered prayer like i really really believed and hoped for him and so that's become even bigger purpose in me is i am going to fully live my purpose i am i i own this day every day is my kingdom i own it i'm ta- i'm going to take over it i'm going to do all i'm called to do in it i'm not going to waste my time and my energy so i don't know if that's what you're looking for but that's my kingdom <laughs> it's beautiful
0: and uh, lastly, how do you
1: crown yourself? Oh, probably by showing up for myself. It's not just in like, oh, me time, but it's showing up well and all the time of the day, giving myself every minute, whether it's working or with family. I crown myself in every moment when I step boldly and fearlessly into my purpose and I'm all in. Like that is one of the biggest blessings at the end of the day when I'm like, dude, I showed up well. Even if it sucked or was hard, you know, I, I showed up well for myself. And my hand.
0: Beautiful. Chelsea, how do we contact you? How do we work with you? And what do you have coming up that we can join in on?
1: Well, we have a conference coming up. So I'm so excited. Our very first uh, conference on Friday, October 20th. Um, I have a book. It's called The Five Non Negotiables, and you can get that on Amazon. So um, if you're interested in taking your life to the next level and All the things you talked about, consistency and discipline, I have whole chapters on those in the book. Um, Yeah, so that's probably the best way to get a hold of me is check out my book or um, I have a website, chelseadishinger.com. Check out all the things. Amazing.
0: Chelsea, it is always a pleasure. I am so excited for the Connect Conference. I will be there, so make sure that you get your tickets. We will leave the link in the show notes if you feel like popping down to New Braunfels, which is outside of Austin, um, to come in and and come connect with some extraordinary women who are choosing to up-level their lives. And I just want to say, Chelsea, I am so grateful to you and when i moved to texas i found your connect group and it lit my soul up it i i came home literally driving being able to, I, I cannot describe the feeling of driving to my home from your event from just that event in your living room um having connected with so many amazing women who were vulnerable and open and so courageous and transparent and growth minded and who were there to develop themselves and who were showing up for themselves. And what you have created is truly a testimony of who you are and what you preach. And I am so grateful that I am a part of your community and that I get to be contributing to the success of the Connect Conference. So thank you so much for coming on this podcast and for all that you do in this world.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I feel the same way with you. I can't believe that you are my friend and that we get to do life together. It is amazing and you are a blessing. And thank you for having me today.
0: Absolutely. As always, my fellow sovereigns, own your throne, mind your business because your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and start creating a bigger impact now by sharing this with a friend. Just by doing that one simple act of kindness, you are creating a royal ripple to support more people in their sovereignty. And if you're not already following on social media, connect with me everywhere at crownyourself.now for more inspiration. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules. Because today, you crown yourself.